Welcome to the Equip Podcast by Arise Ministries. I'm Mel Hyatt, and today we are going to face a scary and unpredictable topic. We want to talk about the do's and don'ts when your teenager doubts their faith or walks away from it altogether. So buckle your seatbelts and hold on tight because we are going to get through this together. And I knew I was gonna need help with this topic. So I pulled in the big guns, the professional, a great friend of mine. Her name is Lindsay Harbaugh. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. I am so glad you are here. I need your help with this topic um, because I know it's scary and it can just be really heavy and nobody needs to go through this alone. I knew Lindsay was the perfect perfect person for the job because she is a student pastor at Crossings Community Church and she focuses primarily on middle school students and I had the privilege of working with her for nine of the 11 years that she has been a middle school pastor what 11 years crazy Lindsay I'm getting old I think that working with middle school students is probably like dog years so we should do 11 oh. times 7. You have been there 77 years. The, Does it feel that way? Well, the wrinkles on my face prove that that is a real thing. She has no wrinkles, you guys. She's beautiful. I I loved getting to walk through that with you um, because of these moments. We had parents come in and out and students come in and out, doubting, Absolutely. walking away from the Lord. And when we were working on this topic, I thought you are the person. So today I want to dive deep into one of the greatest fears we might have as a parent and face it with some truth and some honesty. And we want to give you some tools. Every Christian parent fears that their child might doubt to an extent that they completely walk away from Jesus. I assume that doubt is something that we all do at times, surely. Surely we all doubt at times. That is that is my assumption. But when it is your child, it seems catastrophic. And we are here for you. We're here to walk through that with you. So let's calm down and really look into this asking, what should we do and what shouldn't we do when we have a teenager that is doubting their faith? So Lindsay, I thought we could start today by talking about doubt and how it affects us. And then we can roll into what do we do when it latches on to our children? Let's start with talking about doubt and how it affects us. And then we can roll into what do we do when it latches onto our children? I think doubt is just a part of the faith journey that we often avoid talking about. And for me, it really has been something that has been a part of my relationship with Christ. And I'm just wondering, you know, for you, Lindsay, do you struggle with doubt? Have you struggled with it in the past? I I know that I feel like you're just perfect so you probably have no please (laughs) listen if anybody hasn't doubted in their faith i need them to call me and we need to have this conversation because i feel like it is a regular piece of the puzzle when you're navigating a relationship with the lord absolutely call me call her i'll (laughs) i'll put i'll put her phone number in the description (laughs) (laughs) um so yes i mean doubt has been a part of my faith and for me i grew up in a family that they were consistent going to church growing up as their individual families. And then they met at a Bible college and then, you know, they brought us up in the faith. And so for me, I felt like as a growing Christian, I almost didn't have a space to talk about my doubts because Mm. my parents were so firm and secure in their faith that they were strong and they were, Hey, if this doesn't work out, it's okay. We have, you know, God has other plans. Um, so 
to me, whether good or bad, I created this mindset that I can't ask questions, mm. that I should just know. Okay. And my parents would have been happy to talk those things out with me. They, you know, they would have happened like been happy just to share those doubts alongside of me because I know they have them now that I'm older. But this idea of of me having that space, I didn't know about it. So, I mean, what about you? Did you struggle with doubt? Do you struggle with doubt today? What does that look like? Today and yesterday. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) I have a complicated relationship with doubt. I feel like I became a Christian. This is why we are good at being friends, because we're different in a lot of these areas. I became a Christian much later in my life. And then I think I thought the moment I became a Christian, everything was just supposed to make sense. And Mm. that wasn't the case for me. And I don't know why. And for a long time, I did not tell anyone about this because I was ashamed. But now it's just who I am. I always doubt at Easter. Easter? It's Easter for me. (laughs) Tell us more. (laughs) I mean, it's a big story. Mm -hmm. I I get get through an Easter service and I'm going, really, God? Like, three days dead. (laughs) And then you just disappeared and and then you ascend it. Like, really? Like, Mm. that's in my brain when I'm trying to put it all together, it seems like too much. But what I love is whenever I continue, like, doubting through that and asking questions and digging in, that all of my doubting and all of my digging always takes me back to Jesus. Right. And so for me, doubt has just become a part of something that I do generally around (laughs) Easter. So check on me at Easter. I'll you put know. it in my calendar. Yeah. Go to work, then hunt Easter eggs, call Mel, because she's doubting. She's wondering. It's already on the list. So that's it for me. It's it's definitely Easter sense. for sure. I wanted to start there with us talking about doubting personally, because I think it's important to acknowledge that doubt, while scary, is very common. Right. Um, and you experienced that with your parents of this. They were probably having moments of doubt, but maybe were afraid to share that with you or didn't even think twice to share that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, as a pastor of middle school students, is doubt something that's a part of middle schoolers' lives? Is that prevalent? Did you see that a lot? What were you experiencing as their pastor? Absolutely. I mean, this is um, a daily thing, and, and that is something that I strive for in our youth group of just making sure to create this space of, hey, we ask questions. We're going to dive into these doubts, and we're going to talk about this. And so we don't ever assume everyone knows or everyone believes. Um, but middle schoolers, they, they do. They're in that, in that. They're not elementary kids. They're not high school kids. And so these, especially seventh and eighth grade years, they are trying to find their identity. They're trying to navigate why are they so crazy and weird and smelly and just trying to move forward in life, understanding and getting their grounding on where are they headed and what what do they believe and do they really believe what their parents have been saying and is that something that they're going to grasp onto? And so this idea of like navigating when those questions start to arise, what do we do with those? I've seen that physically on kids. Like you mm-hmm. can see it on their face of like they don't trust this or they don't believe this. Um, but you worked with high school students. Like what did that look like for them? They never doubt. They know everything. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You know, I I saw this pattern 
especially with freshmen and sophomores. That doesn't mean that juniors and seniors aren't experiencing this, but there's something that starts to happen freshman, sophomore year where they really are transitioning again, mm-hmm. um, where they're, you are too old to act like a kid, but you are too young to act like an adult. And there's this moment where I think everything they've heard and learned and their parents have taught them comes to the front and they have to decide this has to be more than what I know. Is this going to be who I become? Mm-hmm. So I think for freshmen and sophomores, especially high schoolers, it becomes less about what they know and more about a relationship. And that's where it gets complicated. Right. Because relationships require things from you. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to decide probably more than anything, am I deserving of this relationship? Yeah. Can I handle this? Do I have anything to give will I be accepted in this relationship? And I'm talking about this relationship with Christ. And that's where it gets, it just starts to get real of them going, this is way less just about me knowing things and knowing Jesus. This is me following him. Right. And we see that at times crumble them. Yeah. And this is where we see that head and the heart come mm. together. Right. That idea of what they know about Jesus right. and what they have felt and understood about him in their in their own lives and what they've seen those mesh together. And when those don't mesh, it creates tension. It gets right? messy. Mm-hmm. I think that's good for parents to remember you taking them to church and doing all of those things that you're doing is so great in creating that foundation. There's going to be this moment where they have to own it and know that that is a complicated moment for them. So that is that's what I saw being their pastor, um, I probably experienced that all at once um, in my late high school years, uh, getting to know the Lord, and it's it's just a lot. So let's talk about what you should do when your teenager is doubting or if they've shared with you that they're not interested in faith anymore. Um, we made an, a list for you. I, Lindsay loves lists. She would put them, them. She'd put them on sticky notes and put them on my desk all the time. She loves a good list. So we made a list for you. We hope that these lists help you um, navigate this really well. So we just made a do and a don't list. This is from our pastoral perspective. Know that we had all different kinds of students coming in the doors and all different kinds of parents. Um, so we made this list from that. So I'll start with the first do. I put do chill out. <laughs> Take a chill pill. (laughs) Take it. And take two if you need to. Chill out. Um, I want you to know to take a deep breath that you are not the first parent that has gone through this. You won't be the last. Um, Chill out. Everything is going to be okay. If you panic, everyone loses, right? Mm -hmm. So we just need to calm down. If they share this with you or you find out on your own or however this comes about, don't lose your mind, moms. Chill out. That's my good advice. <laughs> Count to ten inside your head. Yes, You're right. Yeah, all the all the counseling procedures. Yes, whatever you got to do, chill out. That's our first one. Absolutely. The second one that we think you should do is ask questions. Mm. Um, it's really easy to jump in and assume and just um, go off of their initial response of nope, I don't believe that or nope, and this, this or that. But I think if you ask questions and dig in, you will get to the bottom of a little bit more of what they're thinking and what they're feeling and what's really going on inside their head. We all know that teenagers' heads are a little confusing regardless. But if you ask questions and help them ponder, I think that can get to the root of their bigger doubts. That's true. I remember 
And 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 it's not an an interrogation, right? No. Why are you doubting, not. or what 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 have you done? Um, I remember asking a student. She had told me, I, I just don't really think that this Christianity thing is going to work out for me. I don't think Jesus or the Bible. And I'm like, oh, okay. I've spent all this time with you. Like this is stinging a little. And I'm just her pastor, so you know, as a parent, I know it's even heavier. And I said, is there one thing? that made you doubt? What is it? And I'll never forget, she said, I just don't think that I can do the dinosaur thing and the Jesus thing at the same time. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what is, is this a trend I've missed out on? What is the dinosaur thing? And she said, I am all about dinosaurs. And I just don't think I can be all about dinosaurs and all about Jesus. And I was like, oh, girl, you can be about both of those. Right. I don't really know how. I've never, I didn't have any, I did not learn about this in Bible college, but we can get through this. So they are weird and their brains are mm-hmm. making them make these decisions that, you know, they are kids put in adult situations. Right. And I'm so thankful that they have parents like the ones listening, these moms that are listening going, I want to navigate this and I want to get through this. So if it's dinosaurs and Jesus, we can deal with that. We can work through that. Mm-hmm. That was my weirdest doubt story. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> It was Lindsay that told me. That. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what follows up after ask questions? So we say chill out, ask questions, and then listen. So when she told me it was dinosaurs, I listened just... to all the dinosaur things. <laughs> and I think that's so important. And they, you need to prove to them that you're actually listening. Whatever that looks like between you and your child, you have to show them. I am truly listening and hearing what you're saying. I think that is so very important. And I wonder if parents can use that phrase. I know it sounds kind of counseling, but that, hey, what I hear you saying is this. Because sometimes even as adults, when we talk, we are hearing somebody, but we're not really understanding what they're saying. And so the biggest struggle for teenagers is they want to feel heard, but they also want to feel understood. Right. And so that idea of parents, could you ask that question, you know, or Tell them, hey, I hear you saying this. Is that what you're trying to get across? If you're not, tell me more. Give me some more insight because I want to know. And I think that could be helpful. That's such good advice. So I should have said, what I hear you saying is dinosaurs are so important. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying over here. That's what I should have said. Okay. Okay. Gosh, I wish I could go back in time. You know, I think I just had the most confused look on my face because I was expecting, I've heard a lot of answers. All the other things. But not dinosaurs. Mm So, Mm mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So we're at chill out, ask questions, listen. The next one we think you should do is practice your own faith. Mm. I think this is huge. Um, I think, you know, we only get a certain amount of hours as youth pastors or youth workers and at the, at the church or wherever events that we're doing. But you as parents, if they don't see it executed in their own home, they're not going to experience real Jesus. They need everyday life situations to see him very present so that they can understand him and his characteristics more. You agree with that? I absolutely agree. I want, this is me as a parent, I want my boys to know Jesus so I make them live with him, which means I I act like Jesus all the time. (laughs) And I don't mean, you know, put a bunch of verses up in your house and do Bible studies, which do those things. But I want them to see me acting like Jesus. I want them to see me acting like Jesus when I've had a bad day or when we invite people over to the house um, that maybe are different than us or the conversations I have about all of the things. I want them to know Jesus, that they're going to get a front row seat to my relationship with him. 
And a part of that for me is talking to them about, oh, gosh, it's Easter. Mom might lose her faith this year. <laughs> no, they know that I doubt. And good. we talk about those things. And um, so I, I love that. I love practice your own faith and have them see him. In the good times and the hard times, like you're saying, like, I love, you know, I've, I've watched you and your boys and you're like, hey, no, we're going to take that homeless man on the corner. We're going to take him dinner and he's going to be there and we're going to we're going to give this to him and just pray over him. And how awesome just to, you know, and it, it's not just that you do lots of other things, but thank you. I just, you know, you are a good model to that. And I love it when parents aren't just trying to put on a show that mm. they're willing to get down and dirty with their faith, with their kids and be real and honest. Yeah, that's good. So we got chill out, ask questions, listen, practice your own faith. And engage in community before doubt and during. Now, I want to preface preface this by saying you might be in the middle of this and you're going, I don't want you to beat yourself up. But what we believe is so incredibly important and helpful is that you get your student a part of a community before they even start struggling with their faith. Make sure, make sure that you have all these people in your life. Make sure that they're a part of a group. Uh, Youth groups are so important because they see their peers walking through this. They have a pastor like Lindsay in their corner. They could have small group leaders. So make sure you're a part of that before so that during you have people to call. And you can, it's, it's not this, you're dragging them through the door. You're like, Hey, Lindsay knows you. Lindsay loves you. You should talk to her about this. Um, which is totally my go-to because I just panic and I'm like, yes, let's go talk to Lindsay. She has all the answers. And so I think it's so important. Community is so important. Engage in that before there's a problem, but if it's too late, engage in it now. Yeah. And it takes work. I mean, it is not easy. We've seen kids, we've seen parents dragging kids into the church that do not want to be there because they don't have a relationship with us and they're doubting God. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally, those are the things. And so if we can, if you are able to get them invested now and get them surrounded with adults that love Jesus, that are living with Jesus and, and other students that are seeking that, I mean, it's huge, but it, like you were saying, it's never too late. I mean, we can always, we can always start those relationships. And I've seen you and other parents who, Hey, I don't have, I don't have somebody in my life that can pour into my son in the way that he needs. Like I'm going to find that person. So you seek it out. So whether it's a school counselor or a youth pastor, like surround your kids and engage them into something that they can be productive and they can have these people supporting them. And I think see it's it. huge and see it. Yeah. That goes so good after practice your own faith because they're seeing Jesus at home and then you're putting them in all these other environments where they're seeing people live out their faith. Um, and the, the best way I overcome my doubt is I think about all the people that are Jesus to me. Mm. Like there's no way that this isn't real because of these people. I see it in these people. So I love that. Those are our dues. We think they're pretty great. We don't have any doubt about it. See what oh, I did there? <laughs> so let's go through our don'ts. Um, this is shorter. We didn't want to beat anyone up, and it's it's really pretty simple. Um, the first thing I would say is don't avoid this. Something that I think was the most detrimental detrimental was when we found out that a student was struggling with things like this, and their parents were too ashamed to talk to us about it. Yeah. So whether you're avoiding it publicly or even privately if they share this with you or you find out and you just don't want to deal with it or you think it will take care of itself I think that that's a bad idea yeah 
Yeah. And I think that would, that, you know, the do of asking questions applies to this of, you know, it's really easy to, everyone's busy. Everyone's moving so fast. Maybe COVID has calmed you down a little bit, but there are still tons of things on the schedule. And so if you're willing to ask questions, that means you're not avoiding it. And I think, you know, I think of me growing up, I didn't feel like I had a space, even though my parents provided a space. And so maybe if you dig in and not avoid it, then you would, you know, maybe my parents would have known a little bit of the doubts that I had and I would have opened up to them. And so that avoiding side of it, it just doesn't lead to any helpful things. Right. But again, it takes work. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're showing them, I think when you avoid that they should maybe be ashamed or that Mm. that's what you do when you struggle is that you stick to yourself and that you don't include other people. And that is a pattern we all get into, especially as adults. Mm. And I do not want my kids to avoid. Yeah. What's next? So we said avoid, um, don't avoid, but the next one is don't make it about you or your faith. So it's really easy as adults or parents to say, you know, well, our family doesn't believe that our family, we're better than this, or we believe certain things or whatever it is. And you make it a reflection of yourself. You may be super firm. You may be super safe in your, in your faith. Um, And so pushing that on the kid again, creates this feeling of shame or guilt or they they shouldn't feel those certain feelings that they feel and their feelings are valid they're trying to navigate their lives and their identity and so when we make it about yourself or our faith it just creates tension yeah and we all want our our kids to own their own faith and this is where it goes both ways i want you to grow up to be an incredible young man of god but if you have to doubt through that, then that's what we're going to do. And so that is so hard, I think, especially in this middle school, high school years where they're becoming independent Mm -hmm. and it's no longer, well, mom believes this, so so do I. Um, So I I think that's really great advice. Well, and you said it um, at one point in our lives that we to I or I to we, you know, like as a family unit, it is we, but there's all these individual eyes within that. And so this idea of trying to create your student as an independent, dependent on Jesus person, it's hard because you are a family unit. And so keeping that together, but also separating it, the the we to I is hard. Yeah. There's a bunch of little eyes that make up the we. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that is so, that's so good. And we all need to be Christ-centered in our own way to be, to make this Christ-centered family. And so that's so good. So don't avoid, don't make it about you or your faith. And here's our last one moms listen to us on this one you will regret this and we know what we're talking about at least on this one don't cause guilt I am really good at keeping score and so I can imagine I can just see myself spinning off and saying I cannot I have sent you to camp Every time I sent you, it was $350, and you have went six times, six times 350 You know, I take you to church every Sunday. I get up early. You get out your whiteboard. You're like, oh, okay, let's talk about this. Yes, a calculator. Like, we are going to go to town on this, and I'm going to show you why there is no reason on earth that you should be doubting. Okay, oh, but what I will do through that 
is try to prove them wrong, and that's mm-hmm. just going to cause them guilt. And doubt is heavy enough. We were mm-hmm. created to follow Christ. So when we're not or we're struggling with who we were created to be, that's already heavy enough. Right. Don't put that guilt on them. And we've right. all felt guilt or caused guilt, and we all just walk away feeling so messy afterwards. So do not, <laughs> do not oh, cause that's guilt. That's a good one. So don't avoid, don't make it about you or your faith and don't cause guilt. I love those. I It's some solid truth. Yeah, we did a good job on that one. I'm proud of us. Oh, so <laughs> listen, this moment of doubt or abandonment is anything but the final chapter in the story of your kid's relationship with God. As, as a matter of fact, I, I think that it's the beginning. This could be a hopeful beginning. It's not the end, moms. It's just the beginning. And we want you to hear that you can do this. So I want to leave you with one of my favorite verses that helps me through seasons like this. Paul wrote in Colossians 1.17 that he, God, is before all things and in him all things are held together. That verse does not have your name in it, Lindsay. <laughs> you are not before all things and you do not hold all things together. He does. We have to rest in that. Send us an email at info at or you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. 